0: Welcome to the First Assembly of God podcast, a ministry of First Assembly of God in Greencastle, Pennsylvania, where we are passionately pursuing His will, His way. You can find out more about us on our website, greencastle-firstassembly.org. Now, let's dive into today's podcast. Well, Acts chapter 1, we are going to, Lord willing, wrap up chapter 1 today. So open your Bibles with me. Have you ever been blindsided by something before? I'll raise my hand, you know. Maybe something you didn't expect or some, someone maybe betrayed your trust or a friend you thought was a friend and, and all of a sudden they betrayed you and, and uh, this, this passage we're going we're gonna to dive into today kind of speaks to that. How do we, how do we deal with uh, things that come up in our lives? You know, we, we had this picture of the early church. We think, oh, it's just so perfect and glorious and they didn't have any problems or any mistakes and, and it starts off with like okay we got a situation here you know Judas betrayed Jesus and we need to replace him and so uh, I think it just find it fascinating that the scripture continues to be so practical to us so relevant to us and so that's what we're gonna we're gonna jump in today the book of Acts just a little bit of review it's been a, maybe a few weeks since we've uh, picked back up here. And we're studying the book of Acts, it's the, it's the story, the historical account of the, the birth, the development, the expansion of the early church, and uh, really the explosion of the early church. You know, Jesus said, go and be my witnesses from Jerusalem all the way to the ends of the earth. And the book of Acts, we begin to see that taking place from Jerusalem all the way to Judea and Samaria and beginning into the ends of the earth. And we've said before that the book of Acts doesn't have a nice, neat ending because the book of Acts continues today that the Holy Spirit is continuing to work through his church to to proclaim the good news until Jesus returns, okay? Okay. And so um, I think it was a few weeks ago we talked about this scripture that talked about in Acts chapter 1 where Jesus ascended into heaven and he said the, the same way he ascended is the same way he will come back. And so one day Jesus is coming back and we're, we're hopeful for that day. We're ready for his return. But until that day we want to be found faithful, amen? We want to be about his business and doing what he's Called us to do, and so the book of Acts is a reminder. Okay, what is our mission? what What does God call us to do? How do we find the empowerment to do what God's called us to do? And then, what is the ends of the earth for you and me? What is our Jerusalem? What is our Judea? What is our Samaria? What does it mean for us to be active in ministry right where God has planted us? Maybe for you, your school is your Jerusalem. Maybe your workplace is your Jerusalem. Maybe your family is your Jerusalem, and God's calling each of us to make a difference here and that make a difference wherever we go. Amen? Amen. And so that's a review of what the book of Acts is, what we're doing, and we are focusing on the Spirit-empowered church. We can't do what God's called us to do without the Spirit's empowerment. I want to say that again. We cannot do what God's called us to do without the Spirit's empowerment. Right. Maybe, like me, you've tried that before. You have tried it in your own strength, in your own power, your own flesh. Like, I can do this if I just push forward. I, I, can, and then you fall flat in your face. Like this is so frustrating. You know, Christianity is so hard. I, I wish you get. You know, like, we need the Spirit's empowerment. Yeah. Amen. Amen. We need, we need the power of the Holy Spirit flowing through us, working in us to be his witnesses, okay? To be his witness. It's not just about a Sunday morning experience, although we are grateful for times where his power and his presence is manifest, and we, we witness the, the, the operation of the spiritual gifts. We, 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 we look for that. We pray for that, but we want, we want to see God's presence manifested in your workplace, in your school, in your home, amen? That it's not just a Sunday morning, hey, we're gonna go and experience God on a Sunday. Yes, we're gonna experience God today corporately, but we're gonna experience him throughout our week. As you're driving to, to work, as you're, as you're going into that meeting, you're going to say, God, would you help me today? Would you give me wisdom today? Would you give me discernment today? As I go talk to my boss and maybe you have a, a meeting this week, it's coming up and you're already thinking about decisions you have to make and would you, stay, would you take time this week to pray, God, would you help me? Holy Spirit, would you, would you empower me? Would you enable me? Would you give me the wisdom, the discernment that I need? God, would you give me a word of wisdom? Would you give me a word of knowledge? You know, the Holy Spirit can drop things in, into your spirit that you don't, even, you don't even know. And you come up with an answer that you couldn't have come up with if you tried. But the Holy Spirit is ministering. He's, he's working through you. So we want to be a spirit-empowered church, okay? That's what the book of Acts is, is giving us a picture of what it looks like to be a spirit empowered church and so what we're doing was we're reading we're studying and we're, we're pulling out some principles and some truths okay this is this is something we need to hold on to if we want to be a spirit empowered church this is this is a glimpse of what it looks like and so that's where we're at if you're if you're new to us or you're picking back up here we all of our uh, sermons are archived on youtube or facebook you can watch them to kind of catch up with us Uh, Down the road, but here's a little uh, snapshot of Acts chapter 1 so far. Jesus was raised from the dead. He appeared to his disciples. He instructed his disciples to wait in Jerusalem for the gift that the Father promised the sending of the Holy Spirit. Jesus promised his disciples that the power of the Holy Spirit would empower them to be his witnesses and to spread his gospel to the ends of the earth. Jesus ascended into heaven, and it was promised that he would return again someday in the same way that he went. And finally, the followers of Jesus obeyed the Lord by returning to Jerusalem to wait for the gift that the Father promised, the sending of the Holy Spirit. And so this is where we pick up up pick back up in Acts chapter 1 verse 15 and some may call this a prayer meeting. We're, we're picking up in a, in a prayer meeting setting. The, the church churches gathered, they're worshiping, they're rejoicing, they're praising, they're awaiting what, what the Father has promised and this is where we pick up. We're going to actually start with verse 14 this morning. It says, they all met together and were constantly united in prayer along with Mary, the mother of Jesus, several other women, and the brothers of Jesus. During this time, when about 120 believers were together in one place, Peter stood up and addressed them. Brothers, he said the scriptures had to be fulfilled concerning Judas, who guided those who arrested Jesus. This was predicted long ago by the Holy Spirit speaking through King David. Judas was one of us and shared in the ministry with us. And it gives a little parenthetical statement here. It says, Judas had bought a field with the money he received for his treachery. Falling headfirst there, his body split open, spilling out all his intestines. Sorry if you ate breakfast this morning. The news of his death spread to all the people of Jerusalem, and they gave the place the Aramaic name Akeldima, which means field of blood. Verse 20, Peter continued, This was written in the book of Psalms where it says, Let his home become desolate with no one living in it. It also says, Let someone else take his position. So now we must choose a replacement for Judas. I want you to underline that today. A replacement for Judas. Can you just put yourself in their shoes for a moment? One of your brothers that you had trusted in, that you thought he was a faithful brother. He was walking with you with Jesus for those time of his ministry and and his earthly ministry. And now you're in a prayer meeting, uh, maybe a business meeting to decide, okay, who's gonna replace Judas? Who's gonna replace our, our once brother Judas but who has betrayed us? but more importantly, who's betrayed our Lord. That we must now choose a replacement from among the men who are with us the time we're traveling with the Lord Jesus from the time he was baptized by John until the day he was taken from us. Whoever is chosen will join us as a witness of Jesus' resurrection. So they nominated two men, Joseph called Barsabbas, also known as Justice, and Matthias. Then they all prayed, oh Lord, you know every heart. Show us which of these men you have chosen as an apostle to replace Judas in this ministry for he has deserted us and gone where he belongs. Then they cast lots and Matthias was selected to become an apostle with the other 11. Let's pray. Jesus, would you help us today? Help us to read and understand your word. Holy Spirit, shine your light on your word today that we might grasp what you're speaking to your church today, Holy Spirit. Speak to each of us. Speak to us uniquely. Maybe there's situations throughout this room here today, maybe people watching or listening to, they're going through all kinds of different situations. Holy Spirit, would you speak to them directly? Give them guidance through your word. Give them encouragement by your spirit that we might be a spirit-empowered church for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Acts 1.14 simply begins, it says, they all met together and were constantly united in prayer. The New American Standard says, these all with one mind were constantly devoting themselves to prayer. The Greek word used here is, homothumadon, and it means unanimous or of one mind. It's an important word that's repeated throughout the book of Acts. It reveals to us the important part that unity plays in being a spirit-empowered church. I wanna say that again. It's a, it's a word that's repeated throughout the book of Acts. It speaks of the importance that unity plays in a spirit-empowered church. Listen to these descriptions of unity in the book of Acts. It says this in Acts 1.14, we read these all with one mind were continually devoting themselves to prayer. Acts 2 says, day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. Acts chapter 4, when they had been released, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard this, they lifted their voices to God with one accord. At the hands of the apostles, Acts 5 says, the apostles met many signs and wonders were taking place among the people and they were all with one accord in Solomon's portico. Here's a truth that we can stand on today. A spirit-empowered church is a unified church. A spirit-empowered church is a unified church. A unanimous church. Uh, When we say it's his will, it's his way, when God's directing us and leading us, we're gonna gonna go together, we're gonna believe together. We had a wonderful uh, business meeting last week and I just sensed a unified spirit. There's a church that we are in unity. We want to do what God wants us to do. Unity is so important to a spirit-empowered church. Maybe you've been parts of other churches before and maybe they've had great ministries and great programs or maybe you didn't sense there was a great spirit of unity. The enemy loves to bring division. You know, I'll, I'll be the first to say, we're not a perfect church. There's no perfect church out there. We're all made with pe- consisted of people. The enemy wants to bring and sow division. And so there's great ministries and churches that are doing well and then all of a sudden it just takes one or two or three or four people to, to bring some division and all of a sudden that church can split and it goes here and there and it just kind of flounders o- over time. But God wants to bring his church to a place of unity. Can you imagine if the followers of Jesus all gathered together? Now, picture this. This isn't in the Bible, but can you imagine if this was in the Bible instead, okay? Maybe this will bring it home for us today. Okay, Jesus ascends. They go back to Jerusalem. They're in the upper room. And this is what maybe some of the conversations or mental bubbles would say. Now that Jesus is gone, I'm next in line. I know that Jesus said to wait in Jerusalem, but haven't we done enough waiting? Hey, I heard that Peter, James, and John, they're planning to form a committee. And they're going to want to organize us. Well, well, how come I wasn't asked to be on that committee? Well, how come I wasn't a part of that meeting? Thankfully, this is not what happened in the upper room. It wasn't like some, you know, just, uh, we're going to... Tweak this and tweak that. They were what? They were united in prayer. They were united in praise. They were united in purpose. They were with one mind. They were constantly united in prayer. If you're taking notes, here's another principle we can stand on. A spirit empowered church is united in prayer, in purpose. And in his presence. United in prayer, in purpose, and in his presence. This is Luke's gospel account in Luke's gospel of what is taking place as they're waiting in Jerusalem. Luke 24 says this. So they worshipped him, Jesus, and then returned to Jerusalem filled with great joy. And they spent all of their time in the temple complaining and whining. <laughs> Hallelujah. No, they spent all their time in the temple praising God. Praising God. Do they know all the answers? No. Did they know exactly what was going to take place? No. But they were obedient. Jesus says, Yes, I have a mission for you. You're gonna be my witnesses to the ends of the earth, but before you do that, I want you to wait. I want you to go back to Jerusalem. I want you to wait in Jerusalem so that you can be empowered to be my witnesses. And so they go back and they unite themselves in prayer. They unite themselves in purpose. They unite themselves in his presence. When the church is unified, watch out devil, watch out all demonic powers. Amen? That's why, the, that's why the enemy wants to sow division. Because he knows a unified church is a strong church. You can have a big church that's not unified and it's, it's not as strong as a small church that's unified. The early church was a unified church. Were they a perfect church? No. Read Paul's letters to the Corinthians and others. There was was issues in the church. There was no perfect church, but they were unified. They They wanted unity in the church. They were working with unity. And the reality was soon the church would face enemies that were unified against them. They were unified in the Lord. They were unified as brothers and sisters in the Lord. And soon there would be enemies united to snuff out their lives, their ministry, and the church. It's a reminder of the importance, not just of unity, but of maintaining unity. In the good times and in the bad times. Maintaining unity in the good times and in the bad times. Unity is so vital for a spirit-empowered church. We all have our preferences. I'll I'll be the first to say, I I have my preferences. We all have our opinions, all right? But when we come in fellowship together, we want to say, okay, God, putting aside my preferences, putting aside my opinions, putting aside what maybe I think is best, God, God what, are you, what are you leading us? What are you, where are you directing us? Where, 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 what, are you, what are you wanting us to do? And sometimes, to be honest, it's, it's moving in a direction that maybe, you know, if it was all up to me, maybe I wouldn't do it that way, but maybe that's how, where God's leading us in that season. Or maybe the style, the look, or this or that, or maybe, maybe it wouldn't be what I would say, but maybe it's where the, the Lord's leading us in that season. And we say, okay, God, we trust you. We wanna be unified. We wanna wanna do what you've called us to do, Jesus. The Apostle Paul writes this in Romans 15 about unity. He says, may God, who gives us patience and encouragement, help you live in complete harmony with each other, as is fitting for followers of Christ Jesus then all of you can join together with one voice, giving praise and glory to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Complete harmony, I love that. Joining together with one voice, giving praise and glory to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. What a beautiful vision for a unified, Spirit-empowered church. Let's continue on. Verse 15 of Acts chapter 1. During this time when about 120 believers were together in one place, Peter stood up and addressed them. Brothers, the scriptures had to be fulfilled concerning Judas, who guided those who arrested Jesus. This was predicted long ago by the Holy Spirit, speaking through King David. Judas was one of us and shared in the ministry with us. Skipping down to verse 20, Peter continued, this was written in the book of Psalms where it says, let his home become desolate with no one living in it. It also says, let someone else take his position. As we said earlier, Matt, just put yourself in your place of the apostles. One of your brothers betrays you. One of your brothers betrays Jesus. Maybe that, as we said, maybe that's happened in your life before. Someone betrayed your trust. Someone betrayed their word. Someone maybe that you knew that you trusted. Maybe they turned their back on Jesus. They were following him and they said, you know what, I'm just going to do my own thing. Can you imagine the emotions you might feel if you were one of the 11 apostles Maybe if I was in their shoes, I might feel a little disbelief. Maybe a little anger or disappointment. Or maybe a little paranoia. Who's next? Who's jumping ship next? If Judas couldn't hang on, how am I going to hang on? But Peter and the followers of Jesus found comfort. They found hope. They found help in God's word. They said, you know what? The Holy Spirit spoke to us about this centuries, centuries ago. Prophesied that this would take place, and so they they knew the scriptures. They searched the scriptures. And they found healing. They found hope. They found help in God's word. Psalm sixty nine says this: Let their homes become desolate and their tents be deserted. Psalm one hundred nine says. Let his years be few. Let someone else take his position. So they go to his word. They say, you know what? We're struggling. This is a difficult situation. But you know what? God, God let us know that, that he's with us. He let us know that, that, that this, this could happen. This would happen. And you know, here, here's our solution. And he says, you know, we need to find a replacement for him. Here's a principle for us. A spirit-empowered church finds comfort, hope and help in his word. Comfort, hope, and help in God's word. If you struggle with, with a situation, if you struggle with someone abandoning you or betraying you, if you struggle with a situation you don't know what the right answer is or what this is, would you go to his word and say, God, would you speak to me through your word? Maybe you've been battling your emotions about a situation. You put your trust in someone or something and it just was like, just like a carpet pulled out from under your feet. Turn to God's word. keep reading. Acts chapter 1 verse 21. Peter says this, So now we must choose a replacement for Judas from among the men who were with us the entire time we were traveling with the Lord Jesus. From the time he was baptized by John until the day he was taken from from us. Whoever is chosen will join us as a witness of Jesus' resurrection. So they nominated two men. Joseph called Barsabbas also known as Justice in Matthias. And I put this here because as I was reading, I was like, you know what? Barsabbas, he really has no choice. He has no chances, you know? Barsabbas, what does his name sound like? Barabbas. Barabbas. You know, that's what I thought of. I was like, who's gonna vote for Barsabbas? Poor guy. His name sounds way too close to Barabbas. What? Who, the, the people had the choice. Do you wanna free Jesus or do you wanna free the criminal Barabbas, you know? Just a funny side note. That's not like theological. I just thought it was interesting. Two nominees, Barsabbas and Matthias, and they all prayed. Oh Lord, you know every heart. Show us which of these men you have chosen as an apostle to replace Judas. And they cast lots, and Matthias was selected to become an apostle with the other 11. Here's something that we can take hold of today, a spirit-empowered church continues to move forward for Jesus no matter what setbacks are faced. A spirit-empowered church continues to move forward for Jesus no matter what setbacks are faced. Many of you folks have been faithful and committed here for years and some for decades you've seen the ups and the downs and this and that and i'm sure you had chances or thoughts of like maybe maybe we just need to go find somewhere else maybe we need you know but god has kept you here he's got he's kept this church together and this church has continued to move forward no matter the setbacks no matter the, the uncertainties, no matter the, maybe the brokenheartedness you felt with people leaving or friends leaving or this happening or that happening, God's continued to use you to move forward for Jesus. The apostles continued to move forward for Jesus. The other 11 could have come up with excuses, or maybe they could have thrown in the towel, the, uh, the group of 120 could have abandoned Jesus and his mission, but no, they came together, they prayed together, they praised together, they sought the Lord together, they went to his word together, and they continued to move forward together. God is raising up a mighty spirit empowered power church today. A church that is unified. A church that is united in prayer, in purpose, and in his presence. A church that finds comfort, hope, and help in his word. And a church that won't give up. A church that will keep moving forward no matter what setbacks are faced. Would you bow your heads and your hearts with me today, Jesus? You're calling us to be a spirit-empowered church. Wherever you're at today, the Lord's speaking to you. Maybe he's speaking to you about unity. Maybe he's speaking to you about prayer or his purpose or his presence. Maybe he's speaking to you about his word. Maybe he's speaking to you about moving forward no matter what. Wherever, however the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, would you respond to him today? Say, Jesus. Jesus, I want to be a part of a spirit-empowered church. Jesus, would you help me today to follow where you're leading me Jesus, would you help me to do your will, your way. Your will, your way. As I was researching this scripture, Something interesting stood out to me this week was the casting of lots was an Old Testament practice. And this was the last time in the New Testament that took place that we're aware of. And the commentator just simply said, because from then on they trusted and they just allowed the Holy Spirit to guide their decisions. Jesus, would you help us by your Spirit to guide us, to direct us Help us to know, Lord. Lead us. Maybe someone has an important decision to make this week or in this season, and the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you today. He wants to give clear direction to you today. Jesus, would you give clarity today? You don't have to do this on your own. You don't have to, you don't have to walk in your own strength and your own power. The Holy Spirit wants to empower you, wants to lead you, wants to guide you. Paul says to stay in step with the Spirit. To walk in the fullness of the Spirit. Spirit. wherever you're at today, wherever you're listening from, would you respond to Jesus today? Would you open your hearts and your lives to him and allow his spirit to guide and direct, to empower, to lead you? That you might be who God's called you to be, that you might do what God's called you to do for his glory, for his honor, for his kingdom. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with us as we sing the song in closing today? Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you haven't done so yet, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and share it with those you know. Our prayer is that you will find true and lasting life in a relationship with Jesus and that you will live to do his will, his way, for his glory.